And I started, I was like, oh, why would I want to do that? I mean, looking at it now and knowing the options that are available if you do do the postgrad, it's so open that you can be an exercise scientist, exercise physiologist, again, going to physio, podiatry, that sort of thing, which is really exciting. What's going on, crew? Welcome to the home of Cosmic Vibes. That was Tom Russell. I'm Tiger Lyons, and this is Tiger Talk. If you're new to the show, this is a place where I give voice to other young people by initiating conversation with them on topics of particular relevance to us and the decisions that we're making with life. Today on the show, we've got Tom Russell, who's been one of my best mates for a long time now. Tom's at uh, the University of Western Australia studying medicine. He's just finished his undergraduate degree on in sports science, so I thought it'd be a great uh, idea to catch up with him and have a chat about the role that uh, a healthy lifestyle plays. And I also thought it'd be a great idea because so far on the show we've just had people that are in the creative scene, which stereotypically is more of an anti-university kind of mindset. So I thought it'd be great to hear what he has to say and hear about his lifestyle. He spoke at great length about time management and how how to play the balancing act between university full-time, keeping himself fit, uh, having a social life and earning money at the same time. It was uh, really intriguing for me to hear about how uh, university's given him some skills that perhaps are a lot harder to acquire in other avenues of life, such as prioritising tasks, balancing life, preparation and what the uh, result of preparing for something like an exam or a project does. And uh, yeah, super intelligent guy, really motivated towards achieving things and learning. In any event, let's get into the show. Finally, a pleasure to have you on the show. Pretty excited for this show for a number of reasons. Um, firstly, how are you? Yeah, great, mate. It's been yeah. a good catching up the last couple of days. It's been a few years since we've hung out properly. Man, we used to see each other like every day. Yeah. Like, oh, Those days, man. Triathlon days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think now that I'm, we're going to be back for a little while, we'll probably be able to hang out a bit more often. Yeah, no. Yeah, the last 24 hours has been sweet, man. We've just been cruising around, yeah, made, running. Made a good tucker. Yeah, whipped up a stir-fry coffee. Yeah. It's been all time. It's been great. Yeah. Roof jumps into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't tell mum about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the show, besides just getting my mates involved, is I think you have... It, well, so far, as a whole, if I'm looking at the podcast, I'm thinking I've kind of been a little one-sided in that it's just purely been from people that are in the creative scene, which mm. is kind of like, a, a, if I'm looking at it as a whole, it's more of a mindset where they uh, there's like, you don't really need uni, like uni mm. university isn't yeah, such sure. an emphasis. So it's pretty, I thought it'd be a cool contrast for you to come in who's uh, a full-time uni student studying sports science and then moving into medicine, it could be cool to mm-hmm. get your yeah, perspective right. on things a bit more. So perhaps you could start by giving us a little bit of an insight into your day-to-day life. Yeah. Day-to-day. Uh, the great thing about uni, it's so, like, each day is different. Yeah. Like, you got to, 
back at school, you like you go to school, you get there at eight thirty or whatever. Yeah. You, same routine. Yeah. Uh, uni's just you, know, you rock up for your lectures. You yeah. Do your labs. You try to stick around for your group assignments, that sort of thing. Head on yeah. Home. I don't know, I guess day to day. I know I try to try to do some sort of training in the morning. Go yeah. For a run or go for a ride. Yeah. Sort of thing. I don't know this semester at uni's been pretty chill actually. Yeah. Um, so far as units wise, a lot of work though. Yeah. Um, trying to get things done. Yeah. But I do uni through the week. Then it's the Friday. Often got a gig of some sort. Yeah, as a um, as a disc jockey. That's it. As a DJ. DJ T Russ. With <laughs> social social dispatch. Social dispatch. Yeah, just launched it. Yeah, we'll uh, link the link the socials in on the show notes for you. Yeah, cool. Got some sweet mixes dropping. <laughs> but yeah, no Friday nights often out somewhere. Um, then have a good sleep in Saturday morning. Yeah. Then often repeat it again Sunday uh, Saturday. Yeah. Into Sunday. Makes it tough though, because like it ruins your sleep pattern for the week. Yeah. Like, I don't know back when we, even back to um, like a few years ago when we were training. Yeah. You know, be up at five every day. So just to give you guys a bit of context, Tom and I, uh, although we went to the same school together, uh, Tom and I mainly met through doing triathlon. We used to train together and race together about four or five years ago now. So anyway, yeah, continue. You start yeah, with it. Yeah, no, we used to yeah, get up at five. Like that's the best part of the day in summer. Yeah, like, early mornings. Early morning is the best part of the day. It's cool. The sun's out. It's always crisp. Yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, now it's just like we get. I try to do that in the week, and then get to the weekend. And you're out to sometimes like four a.m. Yeah, working, and then you, know, you got to sleep into like eleven just so you don't ruin your body. Yeah. Then all through the week, it just like I know, it's hard to get to bed early, and it's just yeah. get into this routine. Well, I guess the um, one of the biggest things there is uni- university is full time, mm. but to survive you still need to make money, right? So yeah, exactly. Like you can't just purely study. Well, some people can, but mm. as a whole, a uni student has to work as well to pay like food and fuel for the car. Yeah, and... especially since I've just moved out too. There's a, like when I was living at home, you yeah, could ju- you get away with a week of not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bumming off your parents. Yeah, that's it. Not, but yeah, now it's just like. You stay on top of it. What was the thought process behind moving out of home? Oh, it's so, a big step. Yeah, well, lived in Mandra, which was I don't know an hour ten away from uni. Plus, and it ended up being like two hours because you have to leave early um, to make sure you get the right train. Like you miss the train, there's fifteen minutes gone. Yeah, miss the bus, another fifteen minutes. Already half an hour down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that was a bit of a pain. Um, I've got a lot of mates up here now. I was never able to go out with them on weekends, that sort of thing, just because it's such a trek. And um, starting med next year, it's going to be uh, pretty full on from people I've spoken to. They're sort of in all day, like nine, ten hours a day, and you study in the Arvo. And just if I'm losing three hours a day traveling, it's going to be pretty... Yeah, not ideal. But I think yeah. there's, um, there's for some reason in Australia, it's such a foreign concept to move out. Like mm-hmm. I know in Mandra, for example, to... It's so normal that you go to university, but you go to university by train. Yeah. But everywhere that I've travelled, if you go to university, you move out of home and you move to the yeah, town of university. Sure. So it, yeah, from a global point of view, it's kind of just normal for you to move out. But yeah, in Australia, definitely. it's pretty bit of a foreign. Yeah, concept. like I think there's probably only like two mates of mine at uni, like over my whole degree that I know that actually live out of home. They all live like, up the road from uni, like because mm. like, the uni is right in the city, isn't it? So, like, why would you? A long way if you live up here, why would you live out of home if your parents are prepared to support you? Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess moving into like kind of deeper conversation now, it could be cool 
for you to kind of give us some insight into what your thought process was behind <clears throat> committing to university and maybe now instead of talking more about like the actual decision when you left mm. school where you're kind of naive to the world a bit more now that you're a bit older the idea of finishing your undergraduate degree and moving into medicine mm. what the motives are for you to stay on with university as opposed to perhaps just leaving university and chasing yeah for sure i mean when i left school I, I had no idea what i wanted to do really i had the um it's a hard it's a hard yeah. thing man well, like, I, got, I was lucky enough to get the like an assured spot for med which was post a postgrad degree so i had to pick an undergraduate degree to do yeah i had no idea i love sport at school um i love science sporty guy yeah i mean i love i liked physics and chem and um and phys ed studies at school it's like oh yeah sports science that's pretty cool it's be, be a fun thing to do um it's sort of health science related so it's going to be useful up the road and practical in your life as well yeah, exactly and I, I mean i started doing chem as my second major for as well. people that don't speak australian oh, chemistry chemistry yeah. and med is medicine yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to give them a bit of context yeah, so a lot of people will be going what what is he talking yeah. about yeah. anyway yeah uh, yeah so i started doing chemistry the second major as well and I just wasn't enjoying it. I was looking the units for second year and it's like oh, when am I ever going to need this um so obviously like you can you're at uni you're paying for your units although it's um lucky enough to um get like the government loan like the hex um lucky enough to get that but at the same time you still have to pay it back eventually so I wanted to do things that I was actually going to use things that I'd enjoy so I picked up exercise and health as a second major um, and yeah, at first I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this sports science? Like, what do you do? Are you be a sport teacher from it? Yeah. It's yeah a are you a glorified a... PT? Yeah. There's a connotation yeah. behind yeah, like exactly. sports science is almost a pointless degree because yeah, it's like sure. nobody becomes a sports scientist. Yeah. Um, well, that's probably... Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think argument. with sports science, it's a lot of people that want to pursue that field end up doing a postgrad. So whether that be in exercise rehab or they'll go into physio um, a lot of guys actually go into research because there's a lot of um, emphasis on research at the moment, like WACE, the WA Institute of Sport, put out grants and scholarships for people to research for them. Um, was that tempting for you? Because a postgraduate in any of them is a lot shorter than a postgraduate degree in medicine, it's, which is an additional yeah, four years. I, I mean, it's growing on me. When I was when I started, I was like, oh, why would I want to do that? Like, why would I wanna... I'm here for seven years. Yeah, why would I want to go into research? Why wouldn't I try going to like a career driven yeah. pathway? Cause like you do research, it's very broad. You can do, I, mean, I guess you can do a lot of things with it, but it doesn't give you a direct, uh, direct line into something. So I mean, looking at it now and knowing the options that are available, if you do do the postgrad, it's so open that you can be an exercise scientist, exercise physiologist, again, going to physio, podiatry, that sort of thing, which is, I don't know, that's really exciting. But I mean, I've got this, focus at the end which is to be a doctor um and yeah are you pretty adamant that you're always you're like pretty focused on just becoming a doctor i think so i think once i put my mind to something i i don't i almost get guilty feel guilty if i don't yeah yeah what we were saying today about training like that was your mindset if you missed the session you felt guilty yeah so it's the same in study as well if you if Mm. you came to do medicine and you dropped out early is that a guilt thing that would yeah, take you back sort of thing yeah and i think there's so much um unconscious sort of expectation around it 
even from other people like oh you're gonna be a doctor like yeah, right, cool yeah. that's awesome like it's but then if I then don't do it it's like oh you could have done it and you right. didn't yeah even if it was to go like um going to physio or something like that that's something else that really interests me but right yeah because I'm when we were talking today you were saying that um even when you become a doctor it's more the kind of <laughs> structure of the human body that's of interest to you like you were saying yeah. you want to become what was the phrase for fixing the joints and stuff oh doing it going into like um oh mine's gone blank yet <laughs> I was like the doctor you can't yeah, no, oh, orth- orthopedics of yeah, course yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. it's the stress of the podcast <laughs> sitting here questioning me yeah so you yeah, want it uh, it's the orthopedics which is yeah, exactly. pretty much just it's a more in-depth physio really because instead of just dealing yeah. from the outside you're in and the thing is well, it's so related to it. sports science too like you learn like the, your knowledge of anatomy doing sports science it gets pretty good uh, especially bones and muscles joints um, all things related to that and I think it's quite a good because I've got that interest there already it's almost like um, a beeline straight for that sort of field um, yeah it's something that really interests me so like the just the human hitters. body yeah, yeah yeah and um yeah and I think that direction in particular um I quite like the idea of doing surgery and that sort of thing and that's all tied in um, with orthopedics so yeah it's so interesting man because a, a lot of people that I've spoken to that are studying medicine they're they talk about being a doctor but they also talk about how money is a motive behind it like I've yeah. got and it, and then it's kind of like a it's almost it's almost a bit uh like sounds like oh you're driven to be a doctor for like reasons that I'll be on the reason mm, of so like, that bit of elitism sort of thing yeah yeah like kind of doing like it for the wrong reasons yeah doing it for the wrong reasons mm. so it's pretty interesting to hear that your interest your like your main driving force behind doing an extra four years is you want to fix people's body yeah and I just I find the human body so fascinating like it's it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I can nerd out on you here, but um, yeah, and I think at the same time you can you can help people, and as, as cliche as that sounds, but like you're every every day is different. You see different people every day, different issues, and everybody that, that you deal with is different. Yeah, it gives you that sort of problem problem solving aspect, which I find really interesting. Diversity and problem solving. That now that we could talk about that for hours <laughs> because we've been talking about yeah. that kind of stuff for the last we have. forever. But being a bit more practical with it, I had to laugh today when we went for a run and without, we were just having a chat. And when I was, when we were running on the really narrow footpath, mm. you, you thought to get your phone out and film my running technique. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this so is... So people listening, Elliot's had these same pair of shoes for years. I reckon since 2014. Like, it's <laughs> closing in on three years. And all the bad... All the bad technical parts oh, of my running technique like, are emphasized in these shoes. So around the big toe, it's all worn down. Down by the heel, once like the medial side is getting really soft. It's just <laughs> it took it, it's taken oh. the sports scientist in Tom to come out and say, Elliot, it's time for a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Otherwise I'll be seeing you on the surgery yeah. table in a couple of years' time, man. Yeah. I mean your body's probably gotten used to it, but Yeah, well in my head it's like my shoe has molded to my running style. Mm. So, so who's classic winning thing in sports science, and I think a lot of people get caught up in poor biomechanics. Like, see people running, it's like, oh no, you've got to do it this way. You can't do it that way. But at the same time, if you're not getting injured and you're able to reproduce that action over and over and over, why, why fix it, you know? Well, this is a good pivot down to an avenue that I'm pretty keen to explore in this conversation because 
there's this whole concept behind what is right yeah. and what is healthy. For sure. So it's pretty to get someone that's got a degree mm. because the the thing with a uni degree is if you drop out of university, my motives behind it was, oh, I don't have to be at university to prove that I'm learning. Like mm. I can learn about whatever I want. But the at the end of the day, you're at university and you're, you have to focus your learning into like a specific area. Yeah. So to get your point of view on a range of topics is super interesting because mm. there's no doubting that you know what you're talking about and you've got a degree to prove that. Yeah. So I thought it could be cool to maybe talk about um, what is a healthy lifestyle because there's a lot of people out there with a, with the whole uh, herbal kind of um, naturopathic... Yeah, and quick fixes and... Quick fixes and... Yeah. yeah, yeah, like... It's all because it's it's kind of uncapped in a way. There's mm-hmm. there's so many conspiracies around it. So perhaps you could give us some facts on what makes yeah. a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Because we've had this debate for, for the last twenty four <laughs> hours. So perhaps we could yeah. get it on record. Yeah, well it's I don't know. You can keep it simple and just say move more, eat better. Yeah, you know, like you can. Break, you don't have. To... And then, but then you could go deep because you what is eating deep. better? Because yeah. as a vegan, of course, I'm going to have a biased approach mm. to it. Although but, I'm like pretty placid in mm. my opinions. So thing you can be you can talk like a scientist, but you can't you can't necessarily talk like a scientist to the general population. It's all about making it really simple, really easy for people to achieve. So, um, like there's that um, campaigns going around. It's like try get thirty minutes of activity in a day. You know, great, that's perfect. You don't want to be going. All right, you need to be burning this many kilojoules. You need to be lifting this much weight. Your bone mineral density needs to be this. You have to have this much fat. You know, it just it almost overwhelms people. They go, oh, I can't achieve that. I can't, can't do that. But if you make things simple, and this is where the whole field of health promotion comes in, it's about, and a lot of marketing too, is trying to simplify things so that people can digest it easily. And, you know, because even nutrition, you can go real deep into it and it gets really complex, really confusing. But to be able to portray that to other people... They must go, oh, it's too hard for me. I'm not going to even bother, you know? Yeah. And I guess being a bit more practical with it, how how can you relate what you've said there to the training that you're doing? Because as a sports mm-hmm. scientist, uh, you you are now a qualified personal trainer, so you're trained to... Uh, you're, you're qualified to train people mm-hmm. into a healthy lifestyle. So yeah. how can you apply that to, like, the training that you've had with the HBF personal training? Yeah, so I've been doing, working with HBF. Um, they've got a great initiative at the moment of... Um, this is not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> no, it is not. It's not. Um, so I'm contracting with them at the moment, and basically they're just trying to get people to move more, really, and give people an environment that... Uh, put people in an environment that they feel like they can um, they can actually achieve these goals. So they do some group sessions, and they have some set training plans like beginner intermediate and advanced sessions and the goal of it is just to get people moving using we don't use any fancy equipment we use cones and that's the only thing we use we do circus we get people using their own body weight um, just even things like squats and running and just just having a, a period of time where their heart rate's elevated they're moving and people see such a big difference especially in sort of like your middle-aged to older age community where as soon as they stop stop moving their muscles go into atrophy so they start losing muscle mass losing bone mineral density and when you get to like 60 or 70 and people have bad hips bad knees uh, 
I mean, I think a lot of it can be prevented um, if they can just keep moving and keeping themselves strong. There seems to be a bit of a, a contradiction there, though, in that by saying that everyone is different mm. in that there is like individual individualism comes into it and then training everyone as a blanket. So mm. it was interesting to say that there are different groups. So there's like beginner, intermediate, yeah. advanced. So mm-hmm. is there, are there training programs specific? For yeah, it? so that's basically... Like everyone starts from a different level. So the beginners is basically people that have done is nothing. That, They're coming straight off the couch right. and it's just encouraging to get active. So is there a direct correlation of motivation there? I think, yeah, those guys really need the group environment to stay motivated. I think the people in the advance are already doing a bit of training. They have them, they love it. They go out, they'll go out for a run by themselves. Whereas the beginners are almost like the most important group really because it's getting people out there, getting them enjoying it. And right. out moving, yeah. Are the advanced people still attracted to the group environment? I think so. Yeah. And are the beginners put off by having advanced people around, or like are they all trained so. together? Uh, no, they have separate trainers. Okay, right. Yeah. And so there, there's no sort of uh, com- combining of the two because no. I know if I hadn't trained in a long mm. time, the last thing I want to do is go and train with someone who's been training full on yeah, for six for months. Sure. And that's why they have the groups. Like you don't want to scare people off by. And training the same with people that run you know, 50Ks a week. Yeah. And what kind of... Um, so you train people, they've done their 45 minutes, whatever it is. Is there a, like a, a message that you give them at the end until you... Say, like how you're seeing them, what, twice a week, once a week? Uh, twice a week. Okay. I mean, they can do more sessions. There's like locations everywhere. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, we do have... Um, yeah, they do put forward health messages and every week it's sort of they focus on different things. So last few weeks have been about setting goals and this is like it moves beyond just the physical activity portion of it and even just everyday life you know setting goals for this trying to achieve it make them measurable make the achievable right so, yeah and how about um the role that uh diet plays in it like i know mm-hmm. uh this could this is this is where this conversation yeah. could get real interesting. Yeah, I'm happy to go down that. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. so your is there is your are you offering them nutritional advice as well? No, no, right. not. So the people that can work with this um, can be PTs like Cert Four, uh, uh, like at a TAFE course to be able to train in a group environment. When you start delving into the nutrition, then you're sort of I like to, I like the um, analogy like stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of I mean? yeah, we're personal trainers, we're not dietitians, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even I mean, I feel like from a sports science background, you can give a bit of insight. Um, if people are struggling with their nutrition and their nutrition is making them sick, then it's sort of you, you handball that one off. Um, go see a nutritionist, but. At the same time, there's that general health message that you can give to people is just uh, increase your fruit and veg, avoid processed foods, and like, it's, it's yeah. all simple stuff, really. I know an interesting conversation we had today when we were uh, jogging was we were talking, I asked you for uh, some yeah. insight into mm. some sugar. Yeah. So I'm yeah. a fat person, oh, sorry, I'm an overweight person, uh-huh. and I eat, people are telling me eat less sugar. Yeah. I've been eating chocolate. I've been eating lollies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we'll eat more fruit and veg. And I go out and I'm like, all right, well, instead of eating chocolate, I'm going to eat apples. Yeah. Talk to me about the difference between eating lollies as opposed to eating apples because yeah. both are high in sugar. So yeah, yeah how for did, sure. How's the body responding to that? Because although I have an understanding of it for myself mm-hmm. and what works for me, 
you've probably got in terms of talking to a broader audience you've probably got a better understanding of what works best yeah. for everyone well, you think your body is just a it's one big biological process it's all driven by chemical reactions there's enzymes here enzymes there that do all sorts of things so when say you eat some chocolate and it's got pure glucose i mean a little time it has sucrose which is a little bit more complex and has a little bit lower gi than and glucose, glucose is what gives us energy correct yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's the most that's, basic. Form that's what of... all carbs eventually get broken Tended down into. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, say you have ten grams. This is what we we're talking about earlier. So we had ten grams of sugar in a piece of chocolate, and let's say you have ten grams of sugar in an apple. End of the day, your body doesn't know any different. It goes ten. Oh, great, We've got sugar. Let's bring that in. Your body doesn't do, doesn't care where it's come from. Um, it just sees and goes, "Yep, yeah, great, we've got that." I think where it gets um, confusing is when they when people say, "Oh, yeah, but like processed foods, like it's bad." Processed sugar, whether it, whether you, the sugar, the glucose comes from cane or it comes from um, you know, some plants, at the end of the day, it's still glucose. So, what really makes it that apple more more healthy is the package it's wrapped in. So, in that apple, we've got all these vitamins and minerals. Um, it's got like the, good water content in there you're getting all sorts and that's all coming into your body with that 10 grams of sugar so you're getting a bit extra value when you have say a piece of chocolate you got your sugar your saturated fats um, you got your dairy in there and you're not getting all those extra vitamins and minerals so while you may still be hitting that target of x amount of carbs per day x amount of energy to stay alive you're losing out on all those um extra things that yeah. you could get if you were eating fruit or reg exactly but then yeah then we go into like well how much sugar can a person eat and how much do they need to burn it off right you are this is probably this is one of my favorite things about starting a podcast was that it's purely the start of a discussion so it'd be yeah. cool to have your point of view my point of view and yeah, then hear like sure. some nutritionist's point of view because it'll be interesting to see like because this is as well this goes into the whole conversation we we're having earlier where we were talking about how um, if you have a belief, like I was talking about uh, a few years ago how I wanted to start an organic cotton thing and mm-hmm. uh, you linked me to this, um, like you in a lighthearted way, you linked me to this chemistry forum where yeah. all people that were studying chemistry were there and they were just ripping on people that yeah. had no degree mm-hmm. because there's some sort of elitism that comes with the mentality behind I've got a degree, I know more than you yeah. do. And I think, I was saying this here, I think where it comes from is the frustration of these scientists, they've put all this work in for the, um, and learning, and they like, scientists learn all the time. It's sort of a, a good scientist learns all the time, and they, if they see something new, then they tack it in and they conceptualize it and make something from it. But if you have, this is what gets me with them, um, like, uh, say, nutrition bloggers per se, like I know there's one called The Food Babe in, in the States, and it's like they almost, they get their followers from scaring people about, about things that, um, they see this list of chemicals um, in a food when really it's um, like something harmless. For instance, like you take, you see on the label, oh, acetic acid, oh, acid, bad, not good. You know, it's vinegar. Um, <laughs> yeah, do, do, do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's almost that fear aspect behind it with these people that can just say whatever they want and people will believe them sort of thing. Yeah. So people with no background are making money it's almost like fraudulent sort of stuff really isn't it they can they can make these claims and then not back it up and i think that frustrates 
um, sizes. Frust- yeah. Well, yeah, and I think well, I think as well, it frustrates people that have a balanced point of view because yeah. If she's got a food blog, everyone that follows her believes in what she's saying. Mm. And, and it's if you've got so a chemistry hard to differentiate blog, between what's real, what's not. Yeah, because yeah. It, at the same at the same time, where I can see like if you've studied chemistry and you understand that acetic acid is bad, I can also then look at it from the food, the natural like point of view, where it's like if I need to have, uh, if I'm only eating this product and it doesn't need vinegar in it, then why would there be vinegar in in it in the first place? Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of. I guess if you if you only have your shoe on one foot, then it's hard to. It's it's frustrating because then it you clash with someone that doesn't see that. Yeah. So yeah. I'll tell you a, bit, a funny story I actually saw online. Was, yeah. Um, there were these. So what I was just saying about how these people can make claims, say whatever yeah. they want, and people believe them. I think it was New Zealand. These um, chemists put this memo out to one of their members of parliament and said. We've got dihydrogen monoxide in our water. We need to get rid of it. It's and then they said um, it causes serious burns to people. Too much ingestion or inhalation um, kills. Um, uh, it's used in floor cleaners. It's used in it's in um, I don't know, industrial waste. So dihydrogen monoxide is um, H2O. It's water. Okay, so they so they sent this memo out to this member of parliament, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's coming from a credible source here. These are chemists. Oh look, look how much of this is in our water system. It's water. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and then she actually took it to, I believe, took it to parliament and said, we need like a commission going into this, like, yeah. finding out why is this in our water? Why are we consuming this dihydrogen monoxide?" And it would have just taken a simple search to see, oh, it's just, it's just water. Yeah, yeah. Because if, yeah, I so guess... So you, you can make anything sound scary like that. If you want to put it in a certain light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Like, for instance, um, like sodium that you, like your table salt is like sodium chloride. Yeah. Okay, so that's a sodium iron and a chlorine iron. If you have pure sodium, like the sodium metal, sodium salt, you put that in water, it, go, it explodes. It's very reactive. Yeah, so then you say, oh, yeah, but it, it blows up. It's it's bad for you. But then when you put it in the form of the sodium chloride that you eat, it's fine. Yeah. Well, I guess it just comes, at the end of the day, it just comes down to what way you want to put it down. Because mm. if you said dihydrogen, whatever it well, was to me, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, well, I don't want that in my body. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as you kind of just say, oh, well, that's actually water, then it, to me that's like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, it's the same thing with... um. I don't want to go too far into this, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like mercury in vaccines, it's not the pure mercury that is the that causes the toxicity. It's um, a molecule in a larger molecule. Right. Um, I think it's thymus, something like that. No I, idea. I, I could write it down, but I can't say it, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, um, just getting more, because uh, I know a lot of people that have come from my Instagram. Uh, looking at are going to be listening to this podcast in yeah. the light of uh, from a travel point of view. So perhaps from a sports scientist point of view, if you were to travel, what's what's some basic kind of concepts you can practically put into your life to keep yourself in this? Because you 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 mm, say just sure. eat better, eat better and exercise more. But yeah. if I, if mm-hmm. if you're traveling on the road and I was in the same mindset as well, I was like, well, I'm traveling, I can't I can't be healthy because like I'm traveling all the time. But yeah. You could you could perhaps give some practical advice to people sure. who are like, well, 
I want to stay fit because, mm-hmm. and there's probably different motives behind it. Like maybe I want to look better in my photos or maybe like, yeah, yeah. so maybe you could give no, some, sure. shine I mean, some light on that. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a nutritionist for a start. So yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you do nutrition units in sports science, but you're not an, I'm not an expert in that field, but I mean, eating like your fruits and veggies, trying to get those into every meal if you can. Like this morning um, we had like muesli and a banana and then a smoothie as well. That's great. Smoothies are awesome. Um, you know, dinner Smoothies tra- are also, from uh, my experience with travel, smoothies uh, are going to be a lot easier for you to do on the road because there's mm. fruit in whatever country you are in the world. And I'm actually going to be starting a YouTube channel on smoothies and juicing because that has really been right. a huge, huge part of my travel. Yeah, is like, even your daily life, like if you were listening... Um, Elliot's dad is a juicing guru. <laughs> he's an absolute guru. So he's been giving me an apprenticeship in juicing since I came out of the womb. Yeah, but for sure. Big, big one is juicing. I'm glad you touched on that because no matter where you go in the world, there's always seasonal fruit that yeah, are coming in, and exactly. and that is just such a good way to get a good source of and and it's filling as well. Like if mm, you good source of carbs as well. Oh man, if you put a big bowl of salad in front of someone and say eat it, it's Firstly, it looks unappealing. Like nobody's like, well, unless you're a plant-based eater and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, plants. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, secondly, like you can't, you can't. It's hard to just sit down and eat. You've got to eat bowl. a lot of spinach to. <laughs> yeah, but if you juice that all down, yeah. it just turns into a small glass, and mm. it, uh, generally, yeah. uh, if you find a good combination, they taste pretty good too. Yeah. So stay tuned on that front. Great shout by Tom. Juicing and uh, smoothies. I think something I can go a little bit more depth in is sort of the, the yeah. fitness side of it. This is, so yeah. trying to get like as a sports minutes. scientist, yeah, so give us some fitness advice. But if you can get sort of thirty minutes of aerobic activity, so being be running or jogging, going for a fast walk, anything like that, if you do get thirty minutes, try every day. Oh, you'll see big improvements in your cardiovascular system. If you can add in sort of body weight exercises, sort of two times a week awesome again you don't need a gym like when i was living back home i joined a gym and i was um i was going to the gym like most days um lifting weights that sort of thing now that i've moved out it's sort of gets a bit harder to balance everything so i've actually bought some um some bands and basically i hang them off the balcony uh they hang down you can hang off trees you can hang off um, a swing set at a park and I do all sorts of body weight exercise on it. So I can do my push-ups on it. I can do my pull-ups. Yeah. And know. for everyone, uh, because this is a listening medium, yeah. <laughs> Tom is in superior nick. <laughs> Probably got body fat percent below oh, 5%. Percent. So is. this uh, is, no, this is really good stuff because if you're traveling and you can't take weights because you have yeah, travel, you so have much luggage you can do restriction, without, but without rubber bands weight. weigh what, like? Probably not even a kilo. Yeah, nothing. And even um, TheraBands, they're really good. So they're those like thin sort of, you often see them in yoga, thin bands, um, yeah. kind of stretchy. Yeah. Do all sorts of stuff with that. You can do some bicep curls. You put it on your feet and pull them up. Um, you can put them around your legs and do your squats with them and get sort of outside of your glutes. There's so much you can do without actually needing yeah. equipment. Yeah, you know, because you it, make your own little circuits. And, and most of the time, I reckon, like for me, it was as simple as switching the mindset, like we were talking mm. about before. If, as soon as you go from the mindset of, oh, well, I can't, tra- I can't stay fit because I'm traveling to like, well, yep. what can I do to stay fit while I travel? All of a sudden, these, op- these like options kind of open yeah, up. Yeah, and even if you give yourself other motives to do it, like for me, and, well, you as well, like training is just such a, keeping fit is such a big part of our life. 
but if it's if it's not you've got to try to find ways to make it so so even if like when i was i was in bali a few months ago Bongan, no gyms there like it's terrain's humid, not humid really. as and the right you don't want to be like running, running around too far i mean it's yeah i mean you, you're, you're a bit of an adventurous spirit but i don't know i don't want to be get too far away from yeah civilization you know you don't know what's going to happen sort of thing <laughs> who you're going to meet captured but, and stolen yeah, taken but, away into so what i did i wanted to take some photos i was like oh yeah okay so i went took my phone um just went in my shorts ran along the beach and you know every five minutes or so i'd stop take a cool sunset photo kept going along so you're doing something else it's not just a you know it's not a boring thing you're not just going out for a run and killing yeah. your body killing yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, metaphorically <laughs> but um, you're like actually do it you're going out and you're like oh yeah I'm going to take photos as well just yeah. for, man that's great advice because by adding another adding by adding another dimension to the run mm. if you're not motivated to run then like going, yeah. the man, thought of going the day, for a run we used to go for like coffee runs we'd run yeah. to the coffee shop have a coffee and run home there's a perfect way to make it a bit more exciting yeah so, and you see so much that you don't see when you're in a car so there's some super practical advice. Add another dimension to either the run or the walk to make the added. Um, mm. And also then there's, there's kind of, you look forward to it. Like yeah. the idea of mm-hmm. going for a coffee is super appealing and the idea of working together is almost... I just love almost, the hangs that we have. Yeah. Like the, the chit-chat that we have when we're out for a run. Like we talk about so much. It's, we're not like balls to the wall. Lids like, banter. Of, yeah. <laughs> Lids. Ipec. Ipec chats on the road. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I, enjoyable. I exactly, man. And I think there's a, a lot to be said for trying to find a group as well because mm. a lot of those people that That's you so train, hard by yourself. it gets harder when you're by yourself. If you 100%, can, man. If you know, if you don't go, you're going to let someone else down because they're not going to have chats. Yeah. Chats with the leads. <laughs> well, then there's, because then if you, I think that is also you're learning about who you are as well because if you are not motivated to go for a run for yourself, like, oh, I need to go for a run because I need to stay fit, then I think it's pretty key. Like, I made this realization as well in the opposite way and that, like, I was like, well, I don't really need to be motivated by the expectation of letting someone mm. down. I'm exercising for myself. Yeah. But if you're not motivated to run for yourself, then you've got to find ways to extrinsically yeah. motivate see, yourself. You, you don't have to run you're... either. Like, a lot of people just don't like the idea of running. They, yeah. I know, some people have bad knees, bad hips. Like, they, it just... Physically, for them, it's just not for them. And you're not qualified yet to give them the surgery, so they no. have to just get yeah. by. Yeah, that's it. No, you, you can't but do anything be... until for another four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like even go for a right. Like um, one of my housemates um, has got a, a joint disorder, basically, and he has to keep active to to stay healthy, to be able to keep moving. And um, he hates running. He he's just bought a like a secondhand mountain bike, and he just rides to work. Perfect. It's just small things like that. Yeah. So that, yeah, there's a number of ways to make it more easier to get motivated. Go swimming, man. You're on holiday. You can go snorkeling. Like, just take the fins off and swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred and Go surfing and paddling. That's that's physical activity. It doesn't have to be boring and you don't have to go running, you know. Yeah. So, and relating it back to the goals, Mm. give me some realistic guidelines for people on a broader sense of, like, where what's the kind of what's the what is the broad idea of a fit person like what are we looking for so like because if i have no knowledge in sport mm-hmm. and i want to be like well i want to be fitter yeah what what's are some fitter? yeah what is fitter like if i have no idea of like well mm-hmm. if why like all right i'm doing all this walking is it am i just going to look better or are there some other ways to be like 
because I know for a lot yeah. of people, if they don't see progress straight away, they're going to get unmotivated and yeah. just be back to That's square That's the thing. One. A lot of people, you've only got to look at gyms and see the retention rate of gyms. I think, I forget what the figures are, but it's like eight weeks and that's, you either do it, you quit after eight weeks or you, you're there in, for the long run sort of thing. So, I know, your body takes time. It doesn't, things don't happen straight away. And how, how, long, how long does it take to see physio- physiological changes in the body? Because if eight, I've been doing... Eight, eight to 12 weeks. All right, so Tom, I've been walking for six weeks. I've been yeah. taking photos. Why aren't I seeing changes? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's such a such a tough question because it depends on how much you're doing, what other stuff you're doing. What you're eating. Yeah. We won't go into that, but you just said eight to 12 weeks. Yeah, I mean, to, to see some, like, especially in muscle mass in particular, yeah. that's one of the ones that is quite slow. You're going to see aerobic changes quite quickly. So things like being able to even just go faster, like work, be able to work at a higher heart rate um, without, you know, reaching your anaerobic threshold, that sort of thing. Those things happen quite quickly. They also deteriorate quite quickly as well. But, um, yeah, building muscle mass takes time. Um, yeah, that, that's a tough... People don't notice those changes straight away. And that's what... Because I think know. what I kind of was trying to get at here was mm. a lot of people that I know directly, yeah. they measure how the progress of their fitness by weighing themselves. Yeah, well, that's a funny one. When I started... Because I've always been to triathlon, so I didn't really do weights. I was trying to stay lean. You know, you want to be as light as you can to run. Yeah. Then when I joined the gym, I started putting on weight. I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Whoa, what is happening? Um, but then I thought, I was like, well, of course I am. I'm going to be building a bit of muscle. Um, I'm going to be eating more because I'm trying to build that muscle. So I'm going to put on a little bit of weight. I'm going to put on a little bit of fat too. Because um, obviously you don't want to be in a state of calorie deficit each day. Because otherwise you're not going to build And what's muscle. calorie deficit? So basically energy, energy in versus energy out. So you, the amount of kilojoules you eat, you don't want to be... If you're trying to build muscle, you don't want your cal- the kilojoules you eat to be uh, less than what you're burning. So you want to try to keep it neutral or a little bit positive if, you want to, if you're trying to build muscle. Yeah. You see, yeah. So, I mean, everything's... All the matter in your body is made out of energy. So if the more energy you, you have, the more chance of that you're going to actually build muscle. You look at bodybuilders when they're trying to build muscle. They put on quite a bit of fat, actually, and then they shred down... Um, and lose all that fat just for their comps. All right. Something. And on the opposite foot, if mm-hmm. I'm... Because I know a lot of girls, the idea of building muscle isn't something that they're interested yeah. in. But their whole connotation is, I need to lose weight because if I lose weight, I'm skinny. Yeah. But what? How? if I'm a girl and I want to be fitter, mm-hmm. I want my body to look better, mm-hmm. is my weight going to change if I look better? Because if you're walking and doing squats... Mm-hmm. is my weight going to go up or or am I going to drop and then like where yeah, what sort it's of a tough happens one. I mean, you can see quite good changes without your weight actually changing that fat that you're losing from doing more aerobic exercise you know if you're doing some strength stuff too you're going to be putting that fat on and then gaining some muscles you might actually change your weight but be getting a lot healthier and a lot fitter mm-hmm. you know? and I uh, also just bring I know the the idea of individualism is just something we can talk about forever because there's a million different types oh, yeah. of people, or seven billion actually. <laughs> but um, I think it's a really important thing to touch on that everybody's body is differently and mm-hmm. responds differently. Yeah, for sure. And I know for me, talking from a personal standpoint now, I, for years I tried to put on weight by doing the same training as my brother who who puts on weight easily and he's really lean. Mm-hmm. And then 
for and I was unhappy because I wasn't getting the results that I wanted and when I looked at myself I was like I'm not getting any bigger but it took it took me taking a step back and thinking well hang on that's my brother and this is me what what type of body am I and what makes me happy and as soon as yeah. I stopped trying to become a bodybuilder and started becoming an endurance yeah. athlete that's when I started to one become happier two become more comfortable in the way I looked and three yeah. I started to look healthier because I was being my build do you know what I mean yeah for sure and there's a lot of psychology that comes into that too like you see a lot of sports psychology research into people that exercise regularly generally have greater sense of self-efficacy which is like your um your confidence in yourself um and so that, I mean small things like that like you feel like you're making a change yeah yeah well, that's, that's a pretty good way to wrap up there, I reckon. But I want to go into now a new topic, which hopefully we can push through quickly because yeah. we've been talking for a while already. Yeah. But, Tom, I'm a uni student yeah. and I want to go travelling. Mm-hmm. I can't do both. Mm-hmm. Or can I? I, I, mean, I reckon you can. I'm like, I've just um, I've booked, a, booked a trip to Japan coming up in January. So uni, you get some quite generous holidays So over the summer. So I'm going for two and a half weeks there, going to go snowboarding. Yeah. Really excited for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do stuff like that. I mean, it's almost, uni's almost like having a job. Like you need to be, be there during semester. You can't just, you can't just leave. Yeah. But um, I don't know, you get a generous amount of time there. You can go... Well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, and I've kind of sprung this on you out of nowhere, yeah, is because you do, you, in my opinion, you do do a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that I think which is commendable about you is you're doing full-time uni like, mm. and full-time because you, you're a med student and you've got a really high average for all of your units. So you're a committed uni student, <laughs> but it's not at the expense of traveling. Yeah. So I want, to give, I want you to give some insight into how like balancing how, yeah how the balance is and how you manage to do that because i think one of the i guess what i want you to talk about now is time management yeah okay and how because if you're a uni student stereotypically you're like scattered you party yeah. all the time and your yeah. time is just all over the place so mm-hmm. what what is it for you that makes it work the one thing that works really well for me is if i'm stressed out and i've got a lot of things to do i just simple thing i make a list of stuff i need to do and i just tick it off is that um, what prioritizing the thing yeah. that you need to take off? Yeah, yeah. So I do that. Um, I mean, if I uh, mates are going out and I've got something due, you sort of have to make that decision whether you can do it the next day or you need to do it now. Uh, whether you can make compromises with it, like oh, I'll do like another hour and I'll meet you out, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Because you haven't missed out on anything, in my opinion. You because mm. uh, for me, I was like, oh, like if I want to travel, then. I have to I have to be working full time mm-hmm. so that I have money to travel. But if you're working full time, that's what eight to five or nine to five. Yeah. And then there's a whole because all of your work is done after like between the hours of like nine o'clock at night and like five <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Exactly. So there are, I, yeah. there's twenty four hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And if you use time enough, I know you probably lose a couple of hours sleep every now and then. Yeah. But as a whole, you're not really not, nothing is at the expense of anything. No. So you're not losing out. Yeah. which I think will be really important for people that are listening and they're, all they're hearing is like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm full-time traveler. Like for Man, me, it's like... you how much free time you have. Like you only got to look on your phone and see how long you've actually spent. Like I know you can do it on iPhones. You can see how long you've actually spent on your phone. Remember I did a thing when I was at school with um, the Institute of Sport and they did this thing where you map out all the hours in the day and you've got to try allocate what you do on each hour. 
And you'll be surprised, like, I was finding, like, each day I had, like, four hours where I actually didn't do anything. You were just sitting on your phone. Yeah, or, yeah, watching TV, or... Yeah, well, we, we just had, uh, your friend that was here last night, Luke, he's, he was saying, like, man, I've got to delete Instagram, because I just <laughs> spent so much time on it. Yeah. And I, now that you say it, actually, I do recall hearing that on your phone you can see how many hours you've spent on an app. So I guess it's, yeah. if you can then apply, like, the amount of time that you put into your being on your phone if you put that into something else that is more productive by prioritizing your time yeah for sure it's so easy to free up time where you can be working or you can be studying and then yeah well look at this now so i've got my phone up yeah so we've been hanging all day right we went for run we've got coffee yeah even then i've got usage on my phone two hours 21 minutes two hours on your phone even though we've been hanging out yeah it's like, so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not that like, oh, in those two hours I can work because that's not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic at all. But if you if you work if you have your hours for work, then you can prioritize your time outside of that. Yeah, and I think it's planning too, like going, all right, I'm gonna get home from work and I'm gonna do an hour of this. As long as you get that hour done, do whatever you want. Yeah. Rather yeah, yeah. than sort of procrastinating, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then you end up getting nothing done. Yeah. Do you feel like you live a balanced life? I think so. Yeah. What is balance? Oh, it changes all the time. Like um, during uni, I'll sort of I cut back on my training a bit. I cut out. I don't cut it completely, but I hang out with mates a little less. Like still keep a healthy relationship going, but I sort of direct my t- attention to to uni. Uni finishes, I can direct my attention back away. So it's like a dynamic sort of thing. It's always changing on what I give my attention to. So I think I don't know if. It's that thing. If you, it depends if you're setting a routine or not. Yeah. Like my routine's always changing, so I'm always having to change my priorities. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great pivot into um, into preparation, which I want to talk about briefly because when I was at uni, mm. I was very anti-uni, <laughs> and in the first like eighteen yeah. months when I left uni, I was very anti-uni. Yeah. But now looking back and comparing, uh. Like, cause I, I haven't, I haven't stopped learning, but I've, I've kept learning, but I've been more direct. And I'm, mm-hmm. anyway, we've gone about that forever. But now that I, I'm looking at it from, I, I think I have more mature maturity than I had then. Yeah. And looking at it as a whole, when I assess what I got, what uni taught me, and what school, school, the schooling system taught me, mm-hmm. there's a lot of positives to draw out of it outside yeah. of what you're learning, because like just basic skills that. I didn't have when I left uni that I, I could have gained if I stayed there. And one of the biggest ones is preparation. Yeah. Because I, I want you to talk a little bit about the feeling of prepar- preparing for something, like mm-hmm. a, an exam, and what the feeling's like when you've prepared for something and it, and it goes well. Because oh, you can't prepared. be the feeling of confidence, can you? I think if you feel prepared, you're going to be confident. Um, it just takes so much anxiety away um, yeah, from things. But at the same time, like saying that um, you're very anti-uni, and I think there's a lot to be gained. Like you can learn so much without going going to uni. Like you've learned all this. Would this be fair to say you've learned all the marketing that you've been doing, all the photography, or it's all been sort of self taught, and you've learned it from experience along the way. You haven't learned it in a an official setting, but at the same time, there's still a lot to be gained from going to uni. But, but it's it doesn't have to be exclusively one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, the I think the uh, biggest key was for me was like I. For, for me personally, uni wasn't playing a role in where I wanted to get to. Yeah. And for, I just I just want to say and this for, the for pe- everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, it could also be because I know there's a lot of people that would be messaging us and following us on Instagram, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That are like, 
oh, like I, if I want to be like this, then I have, I can't be at uni. Yeah. And it's like, you need to assess who you are. Yeah. Because if you're like you, for example, if you tried to do what, live the life I'm living, Mm. then you wouldn't be happy. You know what I mean? Like Mm. part of your personality is you, you've got X amount of tasks to do and it's in a field that you're interested in and Mm -hmm. you, your personality is like driven by that. So it's like, I actually want to find out about this stuff. And then by sitting down and doing an exam about that stuff, when you do well, you get, you get confidence. You like, like you're saying, you're less anxious. There's a lot of positive things to look at. And you can still have that sort of active, fun, adventurous lifestyle that you have just sort of in your own backyard. Like weekends, like pretty lucky that mate of mine's got boats. We go out wakeboarding, you know, we've got beaches up the road and just go to the beach with mates. Yeah. You can still do the stuff that you're doing just in, yeah, as I said, in your own backyard. For leisure as opposed to like... Yeah. Because there's a, a lot job. of... I think a lot of people see... They just see the glamorous side of it, which yeah. is the biggest detrimental mm-hmm. detriment that Instagram has because they just see a photo and they just automatically assume like they're just living it what I... Like the leisure time and then they just capture one moment and that's it. Yeah. But what they don't see is like it's, it is actually work and I don't want this to go down this route of conversation because it's just for a different yeah, you, time I mean you're a hard working guy like, I reckon a lot of people have that sort of thought like oh he just takes photos like, and, and this is no um, shouldn't offend you in any way because like, I know you've put in the work like this morning we got up you're on your emails messaging people like uh, trying to organise your work for the next few months is that be right in saying yeah, you yeah. know and when you started off um, taking photos and that sort of thing great but you've been teaching yourself been working hard working hard, getting all the contacts and networking and finding out where you're going next. Like, you've, been, you've hustled hard. You haven't just... It haven't just, hasn't just been given to you on a platter, has it? Look at us just here, commending... Sitting here oh. commending each other. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Friends! It's, it's, it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, there is, a lot of what you're saying is true and I, we've kind of spoken about that with with Hauser. The, I'll link the Hauser um, chat yeah. in there because there's a we go deep into that kind yeah. of conversation. But um, I think generalizing here, it's pretty fair to say that if you do the preparation, you get the reward. Yeah, for sure. You put in the work, and yeah, and you put in the work, you're a much better chance of yeah, and, what you want to achieve. And probably because I'm guess on what I'm trying to say here is like doing university isn't bad. And the whole scene that I'm involved with is like university is bad. Because mm. if you, for a lot of people, what I do uh, in terms of activity is the leisure side of it. Mm-hmm. That's like the side where they see, oh, that's when I'm having fun. Yeah. But if you're a person that's doing, needs to do medicine or whatever, and you're at university, university can be the best time in your life. Because oh, for sure. It's good fun. Well, you do all that preparation, you do the exam, you get a great result, you're stoked, you're less anxious, and then you've got like three months of holiday. But to- even then, even during semester, like I've got quite a good network of friends at uni now. And we go out on weekends, we go out um, to that varsity bar after... You're not losing uni. out. Yeah, like you're still hanging with friends the whole yeah. time. It's, just, yeah. it's almost like just people have setting. this connotation that like... To have a better life, you need to not have uni in your life. Yeah. But uni is like the ultimate lifestyle, man. Like when I look mm. back, I'm like, uni was so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is what you make of it, I guess. It is what you make of it. Mm. That's probably a good way to tie up conversation. Yeah. Thanks for the chat, mate. It's been a legend. It's been all time. <laughs> is there anything you uh, want to say before we switch the record off? Oh, no, no, no. Any words of wisdom? We've been chatting all day. <laughs> 
hasn't been a moment where we haven't been. Yeah, I'm just glad that we put record on for a second because if we had the record on for the last 24 hours, it would have been super interesting. Yeah, it'd be a long podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah. So um, just kind of channeling people's attention here, you've got Social Dispatch on Facebook and Instagram, which is your DJing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is It's Tom Russell at It's Tom Russell on Facebook. And Instagram. And Instagram as well. Yeah. At it's Tom Russell. Mm-hmm. I'll put the links to that there. Is there any anything else you want people to keep your eye on? Do you have a Spotify or a SoundCloud or something? I am very lazy with my Spotify. The thing with DJing is you have to own all your own music to be yeah. able to play it out. So I, don't, so I sort of, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on the streaming services. So that one's actually one I'm going to try work on a little bit because a lot of people get around the Spotify playlists. Yeah. We'll have a uh, podcast on the DJing side of it at a, another time. Yeah. So... Uh, any, if anyone's got any questions regarding uh, what Tom does, then feel free to send him a message. Uh, I really want this podcast to be the start of discussion, so I hope that something that we've said spurs some thought in your mind and you do create conversation with either Tom and myself. Feel free to slide into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But seriously, if anything you have heard here is triggering some thought, then I'm sure Tom can give you We'll be happy to give you some more insight into uni. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear why uni's bad, send me a message. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your time, Tom. No worries. It's been awesome. Oh, how good was that? So much info, so relevant to life. I resonated so well with it. I hope you guys did too. I kind of hope that this is just the starting block for conversation and that the ideas that we spoke about in the podcast... Uh, just the beginning of the conversation feel free to swing Tom or myself a message either on Instagram Facebook or email I'll put all of that info below I would also while I've got your ear really appreciate if you guys left a review or subscribe to the channel if you haven't already Uh, don't want to harp on about that too much so stoked to bring you guys this show and uh, yeah stay tuned got plenty of other super intriguing young people lined up to chat to over the next few weeks can't wait to share it in the meantime keep spreading those cosmic vibes i'll speak to you soon